So this morning, I want to spend a little bit of time with this idea of Jesus as the shepherd. And one thing we quickly realize when we hear the 23rd Psalm, we hear passages in Scripture that talk about Jesus as the shepherd, we quickly realize that Jesus occupies a very unique Position in which he is both the shepherd and the lamb. He's the shepherd referred to in Psalm 23. Christy just read to us, I believe, from the um, English Standard Version. I want to go back to the original King James Version really quickly. Psalm 23 in the King James says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, as as shepherd, our Lord is not only provider, but he's the one who restores and rejuvenates us through the power of the Holy Spirit. He is our leader and our guide along the paths of our lives. He walks alongside us through our circumstances, both good and bad. And we can take comfort in his authority and position as Lord. That's what the rod and the staff are all about. They're symbols of his office and his authority. They mean that he is sovereign and in control. But not only does he provide, but he provides in the midst of persecution and turmoil and chaos. When we feel we can scarcely hold our heads up because of the pressures of this world in which we live, he soothes out our weary minds and anoints us with his many blessings in such abundance to where we can't even contain. And because we're believers in and followers of this good shepherd, Jesus, we have the assurance that his goodness and his mercy will be new for us each and every day of our lives. See, the the psalmist says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. He doesn't say, maybe goodness and mercy shall follow me. And we can be certain that we have a place in his kingdom, in his house, not just when we get to heaven, but right here and right now in our current circumstances, in our life right at this moment, no matter how it's going. So Jesus is the shepherd. 
But not only is he the shepherd, he's also the lamb. The lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. There's a passage in the book of Revelation that talks about Jesus as lamb and shepherd. If you have your Bibles, you might take a look at it with me. Uh, I'm going to be in the New Revised Standard Version. But whatever version you have is fine. But Revelation chapter 7, and I'll start at verse 9. Listen to this. After this, now, once again, we have to look back and see what the this is referring to in the phrase after this. In this case, after this refers to John's vision of the 144,000 Jewish witnesses, evangelists, 12,000 of them from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. So after this, John says, I looked and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the lamb robed in white with palm branches in their hands. See this multitude that John sees in his Vision is made up of the believers in Jesus Christ, the Lamb, who've been washed in the blood of the Lamb and raptured into heaven. Now, one comforting truth that we can take from Revelation is that although in the, in the end days, whenever those come to pass, in the end times, this evil called the Antichrist, will not have power over all peoples and languages in the end times. He'll not deceive everyone. And this verse makes it clear that the preaching of the gospel by these 144,000 Jewish witnesses will reach a multitude that no one can number from every language, every tribe, every people. Satan cannot and will not keep people from receiving Christ individually. And we can see here from this verse in Revelation 7, verse 9, that many will accept Christ more than can be counted. That's good news. Verse 10, they cried out in a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. See, we can't take credit for our salvation, can we? Because our salvation is a free gift from God through grace and Jesus deserves all the credit. Jesus purchased our salvation with his own precious blood. That's why we praise and worship Jesus because he went to the cross for you and for me. And we give all the honor and the glory to the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, who sits on the throne. Verse 11. And all the angels stood around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God. See, John gives us this rare glimpse into the throne area. 
God is on the center throne and Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father and there are four living beings, probably an exalted order of angelic beings, very near the throne. And there are 24 elders who are representative of all believers everywhere. And they're very near the throne as well. And the rest of the angels encircle the throne and all fall before the throne of God in total adoration and worship. And in verse 12, they're singing. What are they singing? They, they're singing, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. See, the worship here is sevenfold. Did you count them along with me? Blessing, glory, wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power, and might. Seven being the number of completeness. So the worship and the adoration that everyone who's in heaven worshiping the Godhead is spiritually complete. There's nothing going on outside of complete worship and adoration of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Verse 13. Then one of the elders addressed me saying, Who are these robed in white? And where have they come from? And I said to him, John says, Sir, you are the one who knows. Then he said to me, these are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. See, the, the great multitude dressed in white robes are those who received Christ during this period called the Great Tribulation. The white robe is their symbol of their righteousness. They're made righteous by the blood of the Lamb. And they've they have washed their robes by choosing Christ and Christ makes them clean, white as snow. Verse 15, for this reason, they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. See, these Christians, indeed, really all Christians are before the throne because we decided to follow Jesus, to accept the free gift of his salvation to be washed in his blood and to believe in the resurrection. See, our purpose in heaven as it is right now here on earth is to worship God. Yeah. Verse 16, they will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat. Should I just turn this off, do you think? Maybe. Just yeah. Okay, I'll just speak loud. Loudly. All right. Isaiah 49, 10 says, They shall not hunger nor thirst, neither shall the heat nor sun smite them, for he that hath mercy on them shall lead them. Even by the springs of water shall he guide them. See, both this passage in Revelation and the passage that I just read from Isaiah 49, both of them remind us, what? Of the 23rd Psalm. Jesus is the shepherd. He provides for the needs of his flock. The sun will not strike them because the sun is no more. Jesus is the light. There will be no need for the sun or the moon. There will be a presence of light, that being the light of Christ. 
No need for sunblock. It's a pure light. It's not the light that scorches. Verse 17, for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd and he will guide them to springs of the water of life and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. See, I don't think this verse requires really a lot of explanation. This is most certainly a picture of heaven where there is eternal peace and joy. And so here again, we see Jesus as the shepherd of his sheep providing for all of our needs and filling us with unspeakable joy. There are no more tears in heaven. The thing is, all of that peace that Jesus provides comes to us because not only was Jesus the shepherd, but he was willing to be the lamb. It, it reminds me of a, of a story that one of my mentors who just happens to pastor a church down the road from us told about a young girl who raised sheep. And every day she made sure that she counted her tiny flock of sheep. She fed them grain in the winter months. When the pasture was not as plentiful, she made sure that they had fresh water. And even on days when the winter was harsh and there was snow on the ground, she would walk to the barns and she would take care of her sheep. And she had names for each one of the sheep that fitted their personality. Didn't know sheep had personalities, but evidently they do. And she talked to them and she loved on them. She hugged them. She brushed them. She tended to them. And when the new lambs were born, she would rejoice over each new birth, cuddling each tiny lamb, making sure it received care from its mother and supplementing whenever it did not. And even the lambs that were rejected by their mothers, I guess that happens sometimes in nature. Even those lambs received tender care from her as she made sure they were fed and they were nursed. And the sheep, each of them, knew her voice. They could tell, even from far off, when they heard her calling, that it was she who was calling them. And so one day as a friend was visiting her there on her farm, he asked her about her sheep and she said that she loved each of them and then she proceeded to tell her friend each of the names of the sheep. And so this friend who was visiting called one of them by name, but the sheep didn't respond. The sheep didn't come. And they tried again using a a different tone of voice, trying to coax the sheep to come, but to no avail. And then the young girl whispered 
its name. And the sheep came to her, trusting in her goodness, her demonstrated goodness over time. And so, this friend came to realize that there would never be a time when this young girl does not care about her sheep. She will always care for her sheep. Each one of them is precious. And so she told her friend, she said, that it seems to me that God cares for me just the same way. God knows my name and calls me by name. God is always faithful. God is always the good shepherd. And so this young girl says, I place my trust in God's love. And even when things don't go my way, I still rely on God and trust him. And I tell him so often. When's the last time you told God, despite whatever circumstances you're in, that you trust him? This morning. It's important, even when things are not going our way, to understand that God is sovereign. God is in control. He's always faithful. He has nothing but your highest good on the forefront of his mind. He will never leave you or forsake you. I think that's what David had in mind when he wrote the 23rd Psalm. Listen to the message version. God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and then send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I'm not afraid. You walk by my side. Your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. See, Jesus is the shepherd and Jesus is the lamb. And in that simple truth, we know that we are cared for in this life and that we have hope for the life that is to come. And that we can feel secured. In the name of the Father, and of the Lamb of God, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.